Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1. Celtics lose to the Heat, 118-107. Jimmy Buckets goes for 41 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, with 4 steals and 3 blocks. He impacted the game on both ends of the floor, was the clear best player on the floor from mid-second quarter on. The Celtics got off to a great start, had a double-digit lead, but by the halfway point of the second quarter, the Heat had cut into that lead before halftime, and it started to impose their will. The Heat come out in the third quarter, and they just destroy the Celtics. They go on this massive run in which Boston doesn't have any kind of response, and just like that, the game is over. Going forward, what Boston needs to do to win offensively, they have to keep the same formula that they used last round versus the Bucks. When you look at the five main rotation players in Boston's roster, when you look at those guys, and I'm talking about, obviously, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Brown, Al Horford, Grant Williams, the key is, as a group and individually, they shot 37% and above from three. Not to mention their ability to get to the basket, especially Tatum and Brown. That means you've got Tatum shooting 40-plus free throws for the series, Brown 38. Well, this is a very similar series in that while Jimmy Buckets is not the force that Giannis is, he's every bit the problem for the Celtics because he can start from the wing, but he can also make the mid-range jump shot consistently. And then he lives at the free throw line. Look, if Jimmy Butler can get to the foul line eight to 10 times a game. He's going to impact the game. He's going to have your team in the penalty early and it's going to compromise your defense. But tonight he shot 18 free throws. He was 17 of 18 from the line. That's not only another way to generate offense. It allows you to set your defense. And once the heat were able to get bodies into the Celtics and make the game a lot more of a grind, the Celtics' offense stalled. The ball movement that they had going so well early first quarter into the second quarter, that was gone. It became a lot of one-on-one, a lot of turnovers. Jason Tatum alone had seven turnovers in the third quarter. Boston has to find that balance. And yes, the impact of their defense, when you look at the way their defensive rotations were, They were a little off. So you're missing, obviously, Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. Al Horford, who's a versatile big. Not to mention what they both give you offensively and in the leadership category. Still, I thought coming into this series, Miami was the deeper team. Miami presented a problem for Boston that Milwaukee didn't in that Miami has multiple guys that are effective from behind the arc. That's Gabe Vincent. Max Strauss. Then you're looking at P.J. Tucker with his corner threes. Tyler Hero. And nobody's yet to mention the capabilities of what Victor Oladipo can give you on both ends of the floor. Caleb Martin is a 3 and D guy. Miami is the deeper team. But Boston, I think they're the unit when they're when you have Smart along with Horford and they're locked in, they're every bit as good. The only difference is 
Coach Udoka doesn't go as deep into his lineup. So this really comes down to Boston's core versus Miami's depth. And Jason Tatum has to match or outplay Jimmy Buckets. He cannot let Jimmy Butler dominate. And that's what he did tonight. He dominated the game from, I would say, mid-second quarter on. Now, to be clear, because I'm keeping no secrets, fam. I'm picking the Celtics. I know they're down 0-1. Didn't look impressive at all, but I'm going to take Boston to win this in seven. Before I give you my takes on Warriors versus the Mavs, let me go back to Game 7, Suns versus Mavs. Ultimately, I I don't think we underestimated the Mavs at all. I think we overestimated the Suns. Any basketball fan that had been watching this season, along with last season, you would look at Phoenix versus the Mavs top to bottom, and you would say that Phoenix can go as much as nine players deep, that they were the deeper team. Also, Chris Paul, all-star, Devin Booker, all-star. When you look at the Mavs, it's Luka. Love Jalen Brunson. Like what Finney Smith gives you. I, I like when you get from Kleba as a shooter. Spencer Dimwitty has been solid. But the only all-star, and Luka's more than that, he's an all-star slash superstar, Chris Paul is an aging superstar. Devin Booker, if they want to label superstar, I think he's an all-star player trying to make that leap. But when you look at how this series played out, what really changed was they they did, in fact, attack Chris Paul. But I don't think that's the reason the Suns lost. There's numerous reasons. Mikael Bridges, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, I thought he had zero impact on this series. And I look, Luca's a handful. I'm not saying Mikael Bridges should be able to shut Luca down. But if you're the guy that people keep saying should have been a defensive player of the year candidate, if you're that guy, you can't shut him down. But make him less efficient, make him more of a volume score, take something away. And the biggest mistake that I thought the Suns and Coach Monty Williams kept doing over and over and over again, which I didn't understand, it, it drove me crazy, is. They allowed Luka to play one-on-one. And if you're going to allow Luka to play one-on-one, you're going to lose. He is the best one-on-one player in the NBA. And they took nothing away. And if you're going to play drop coverage against Luka, you're going to lose. You need to switch that. Do not concede and let your big or leave your big on an island versus Luka. Look, a wing player versus Luka is at a disadvantage. But a big, it's a wrap. It's done. Phoenix never made that adjustment. And then on the other end of the floor, I thought Chris Paul's legs were just gone. He just didn't have anything left. And and that had to be yes, because the Mavs made him work more on defense, so it took his legs away. It impacted him. That mid-range, mid-range game wasn't there. He couldn't turn the corner on the pick and roll. He just wasn't as effective. But Devin Booker is much younger. Devin Booker is the guy that everybody wants to elevate into a superstar. You can't go three for 14 in a home game seven. Going forward, 
It's not like the Suns are going to go away. They're built right now to, to remain one of the top two or three contenders in the Western Conference. But they do need to clean some things up, starting with what are you going to do with DeAndre Ayton? Ayton has made it no secret. He wants a max contract. Talented young player who can impact the game on both ends of the on, on both ends of the floor. The problem I have when I look at Aiton is he doesn't consistently do the things that he's gifted to do. When you saw this series ahead of time, you thought they have a clear advantage already. Aiton versus Kleba. Uh, there's no way that he doesn't not just win that. He should dominate those matchups. And really, the Mavs bigs, they played him even or outplayed him at times. He doesn't dominate. He doesn't impose himself on games too often. He drifts. So do he has value? Does he has value? There's no question he has value as a player. But as a max contract guy, I, I don't know. When I look at Phoenix, I think they need, they need another shot creator. I think they need another shooter. I think they might be able to get by. I would think they would be still as good with JaVale McGee and Biombo when you need guys who can defend, rebound, and rim, and rim run. Not as talented as Aiden, but if you bring in more talented wings, who's to say that the Suns won't be a more diverse team? And, and look, you want the most out of Chris Paul, especially after you signed him to that big extension. So it benefits him if you go out and get another shot creator because I don't think Chris Paul needs to play 32 minutes anymore. I think you want to take that off his body. You want the freshest version of him for the playoffs. I don't think Chris Paul right now in his career is playing for stats. I think he's trying to win titles. So if Chris Paul only averages 12 points a game and seven assists in a regular season, it won't be because he's in decline. It will be because he doesn't play as many minutes. You need to have Chris Paul be able to elevate and finish strong in the postseason. Which leads us to Luca and company going up against Steph and the Dubs in the Western Conference Finals. This series, I think, is going to go seven. And it's going to go seven because Luka's a bad man. And the Dallas Mavericks, their role players, they're a lot better than people thought they were. I knew Jalen Brunson could ball. Spencer Dinwiddie, still coming off of an injury, but he showed signs last series. Dorian Finney-Smith, great two-way player, can defend at a high level, hit timely threes. Reggie Bullock can do the same thing. Max Kleber can take your big out of the paint and hurt you from behind the arc. David Bertans could do the same thing. This team goes as Luka goes. Now, granted, he can't score 40 and not have Brunson or Dimwitty be productive. They have to give him what they gave him the last series. Last series, they had four guys in double figures and two guys right below that in Bullock and Kleber, and they averaged 9.9 versus the Suns. But what's most impressive when you look at the Mavs, Jalen Brunson, the ability to get to the free throw line. Luka can live at the line as well. The, that ability to spread you out and attack you on all levels, it, it's what makes the Mavs dangerous. But that's why this series is going to be such a great series. 
it depends on pace. If Golden State can run enough bodies at Luka to disrupt his pace, because when you allow Luka to control pace and then create the mismatch where he can dance and play one-on-one, then he's in control of the series. And I know that the Warriors come into the game, come into this series with the reputation of being the great shooters. And there's no question over their careers that Steph and Clay are two of the greatest shooters of all time. But last series versus the Grizz, Steph shot 33%. Clay shot 36, which is respectable. Poole, 31%. Wiggins, 33%. The Warriors as a team shot 34% from three. They didn't beat the Grizzlies shooting the three. They kind of broke out a little bit in game six, but they beat them for the most part shooting the two and getting to the foul line. They beat the Grizzlies making timely defensive stops. If Draymond's allowed to play defense, grab a rebound and create the hard push, and then Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Poole start moving bodies, start setting picks, running pin downs, If he's able to do the hard push, Dallas is going to be in trouble. Dallas has to be excellent in transition defense. And I think that was something they did very well from game three on versus the Suns. Golden State, I think, has the deeper team. But the most dominant singular player in the series, it's not Steph. It's Luka. That doesn't mean that Steph won't have a great series or he... He could end up being the best player in this series. But I'm saying coming into this series, the most dangerous one-on-one player, it's Luka. Steph's part of his skill set is his off-ball movement. Part of Clay's skill set, same thing. They need Jordan Poole to be in attack mode in this series. They're going to need Jordan Poole to average 20 or more in this series. They're going to need Andrew Wiggins to give them that 16 points, 8 rebounds, and that solid defense. It's all hands on deck. If you know one thing, yes, Golden State is going to be favored. I think we all know that. But a lot of people favor the Suns to win. Matter of fact, a lot of people thought the Suns were going to win in like five. So I understand why Golden State is favored. Do not sleep on the Phoenix Suns. We all make our picks and we live with them. I picked the Suns to beat the Mavs. Live with that. Pick the Bucks knowing no Chris Middleton. Still pick them. You live with that and you tip your hat to the Celtics. You tip your hat to the Mavs. In the conference finals, I went with the Celtics. In the Western Conference, I'm going with the Warriors. Not because they're favorite. I'm going with the Warriors because I believe they're the better overall team. Now, I thought the same thing with the Suns. But the difference is here, I think the Warriors are mentally tougher than the Suns as a group. When you have Clay, Draymond, Steph, I think they're mentally tougher. Phoenix is a young team other than CP3. And maybe they needed this kind of playoff devastating loss to make them come back and be that much better. Although I thought that would have been the case after losing in the finals. But I think Golden State, they got enough grit. I think Golden Golden State knows one thing. They're not going to allow Luka to play one-on-one exclusively. They will blitz him. They will out-and-out double-team him. Look, if it were me, I would challenge Luka to average 20 assists a game. 
I'll be back Thursday to recap what happened in game one of the Western Conference Finals. It's the NBA Cypher next time. We'll be right back.